Hey there, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Shannon Russell, who is an entrepreneur, career coach, course creator, and host of the Second Act Success Career podcast. Shannon, how are you doing? Great, Timothy. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on the show. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Mm. So, yep, I am a mom of two boys, so my fun kind of revolves around them these days. Um, And we love to go to the beach. We live at the beach in New Jersey, so we go to the beach with our chow chow and run around, go on walks, go hiking. So that's really what I like to do for fun um, outside of work, but my work is fun too, so. I got you. You said chow chow. Yeah, the big, big fuzzy chow chow dogs. Oh, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I just had no idea what you were talking about. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> chow or chow chow. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, awesome. Tell us a little bit more about what you do, what the day to day looks like, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I run two businesses. My first business that I started is a Snapology franchise. So we teach kids Lego building engineering, robotics, all of that kind of stuff. So I have that business that kind of runs itself right now. I have a team in place to run the day-to-day of that. And so I really am concentrating on my career coaching. So I work with clients on a one-on-one basis and kind of help them either grow their small businesses or figure out their next career move and kind of, you know, transition from one career to the next. So that's kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis along with my podcast as well. And what is the podcast about? The podcast is about that too. It's called Second Act Success. um, And it really is about either advice on changing careers from either me, my, you know, solo episodes with me, or I have experts that come on and talk about, you know, um, different ways that you can change careers, franchising, business coaches, writing a book, whatever it might be. And then I have people come on and talk about their Second Act Success story. So kind of how they went from being a teacher to being a baker, whatever it might be. So it's kind of supposed to be all inspirational so that you can listen and get ideas on what your second act could be if you are starting from scratch. So did you start the Snapology franchise before you jumped into the helping people change careers? I did. So my so my first main career that I had for 16 years was as a television producer. And so I worked in New York and LA and I was producing TV. And then when I had my kids, I decided to pivot and find something that would allow me to be more present with them. And so I decided after making a couple of wrong decisions that I would start my own business and just kind of produce my own life. And so I bought into a franchise business with Snapology and have run that now for about seven years. And then maybe a year or so into it, people started coming to me saying, oh, you must have been such a great teacher. What grade did you teach? And I would say, no, actually, I was a television producer. And then that would spark the conversation of, well, how did you go from that to this? It's so drastically different. And then I had friends that were asking me, well, how did you make that change and and have it be able to be something that you didn't just leap into and it failed, you're actually providing for your family. So it worked. 
So can you help me figure that out? And so I started helping some friends, even some of my customers would ask me, you know, I don't want to do the commute to Manhattan anymore. How can I figure out what fits my life best? And then it just sort of clicked that there is a need, especially for women who are, you know, raising kids and feel like they don't have a chance to make a change and do something that, you know, might fit their new current state of life a little bit better than it did, you know, when they were in their 20s. So that's where I got the idea and started. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so tell us a little bit about that. Just jumping from television producer to Snapology franchise. Like, I feel like there would be a high failure rate for a lot of people. So how did you make it succeed? Yeah, it was it was really a huge leap of faith and my husband being supportive and we just knew he's a producer as well. So we were both working crazy hours and traveling. I missed my first son's first birthday and it was just all of these things where I was like, okay, I think I want to have at least one of us in the state, right? We were both working in Manhattan, traveling to Los Angeles and I wanted somebody to be near the kids. Um, and then I just basically came to a point, kind of an aha moment where I was like, all right, it's now or never. The show I was working on was canceled. And I was like, let's just try to figure this out. And I did try a couple of other things that were in a good fit. I tried the nine to five job. I tried going to graduate school thinking I'd be a teacher because that's really stable. And, you know, at the end of that program, I'd be a teacher, but I didn't want to be a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just kind of trying things. It didn't fit. And I'm like, I'm a producer. I know how to get things done, kind of take an idea and make it happen. So let me do that with my life. And and with having two small boys who love to build all the time and create, I was kind of like, oh, there's something about this STEM kind of enrichment industry. And I started looking into it and then found the franchise. And it just was a nice fit because I had not ran a business before. So it was it was it was definitely a scary year. So especially going from a career that paid really well to a business that I'm now just throwing money at to try to get it off the ground. But I, I feel like it works. I feel like, you know, as a producer or anything in your first act, you really have to pull out those skills that you're good at and that you enjoy and then use those for your second act or your next career move. Um, and I was able to do that. And now we're in the top five of out of 170 franchises were the highest, um, one of the highest revenue grossing. So did something right along the way, I think. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's epic. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. I feel like you've hinted at a little bit, but what really gets you up and keeps you going every day? I think I like change, right? Like in television, in the entertainment industry, it's something different every day. You work on a project for three to six months and then you find a new project. So there's never, I've never been someone who has had 401k. I'm not someone who's had, you know, health benefits through work. It's always been very project-based and kind of, you know, you jump from one thing to the other. It's like very freelance. And so I like things changing all the time. I like new um, challenges. So really, I think that's what's cool about being an entrepreneur is having every day be different too. And you have different challenges, whether it's with customers or clients. And that really keeps me going is knowing like, okay, I woke up now, thank God, and got my kids off to school. So what's my challenge for today? And I just like working towards whatever it is and try to solve those goals. So really just being creative, I think, and just 
finding something new to um, accomplish. Gotcha. Has it always been like that or did it like develop at some point? Yeah, I've always kind of been the black sheep that's been like, doesn't want to go down the normal path and I want to try something different. So yeah, I've always just kind of needed that change. Stability scares me, you know, like I just want to have something that I can work towards. Um, That's so funny. Stability scares you? It, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, it can, it's fine, but like, I want to know that I can always change and shift and kind of ebb and flow. So I don't know. Yeah. That's probably very strange to hear, but <laughs> I like <laughs> new things. Like tell me I can move to Hawaii tomorrow and I'm, I'm going, you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, not the norm for a mom of two boys. <laughs> <laughs> that is honestly epic. And I can't, think of another time where I've heard that somebody is like scared of stability but <laughs> I think it's a good trait honestly like I think I don't like stability I wouldn't say I'm scared of it maybe I am because it just kind of eats me yeah. alive like I'm like I feel so <laughs> yeah. like stuck in a routine yeah. and so oh my gosh me too exactly it's like you just want to know that there's something else that's new and different and not the same thing every day Yep. No. Yep. 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 For sure. For sure. Well, awesome. Let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals then. Tell us about your vision for your life and both of your companies. Yeah. I, I just want to be able to, like I said, just do all of the things. I'm very big on checking all the boxes and not just following the same plan that, you know, we set that we're told that we need to do from the day that we graduate high school. So I want to be able to check all the boxes and try all the things um, and, a, and to be able to do that anywhere. So my overall dream and goal is to be able to travel. Um, Hawaii is my favorite spot. So I would love to be able to just haul up there with the family, have a house on the beach and be able to write books and just, you know, kind of be off the grid, but doing what we love with who we love. So overall goal. And you know, what's nice too, is like on the business side, my second business, you know, the podcast and my career coaching, I can do that from anywhere. So I feel like I'm kind of working towards that plan with that business. So fingers crossed. I gotcha. So we got check all the boxes, try all the things anywhere and specifically traveling and inside the traveling specifically to Hawaii and be writing books. What type of books you have in your head up there? I love um, young adult novels, like fiction, like thrillers. Um, So I've always just been really into that genre, kind of like Pretty Little Liars that used to be on TV and just, yeah, like kind of like mystery thrillers. So yeah, that's kind of what I've got some ideas cooking. I gotcha. I gotcha. And um, any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about before I probe on them a bit? Yeah, I mean, the, the really, that's my goal. And then my, my other goal, I guess, is just to make sure my kids have their goals met and that they can, you know, get anything they need to be able to live the life kind of like I am, where um, one of my sons loves acting and he loves um, animals. So he's always wanted to be a veterinarian. And I kind of say, you don't have to choose. You can do both. You know, mm-hmm. like, I just want to set them up for that so that, they can do one career for 10 years, 20 years, and then change so that you don't look back and go, oh, I wish I did that. You know, so I'm trying to set them up for that. And that would be my biggest goal in a sense is to see them be able to watch them live that life out of doing all the things. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Well, what are the top 
one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make these dreams and goals come true? Mm, probably work on time management. I think that's a big thing for anyone who's got, you know, who's multi-passionate and has different things going on. So really to be able to work on that more and to realize that, you know, sometimes if you're so involved in a project and you feel like you have other things that you need to do, but all of your focus is in one, one thing, it's hard to get to those others. So I'm trying to work on almost time blocking so that it's like, okay, well, however much I get done during this time is all that's going to be today. And then I'm going to shift to this and then I'm going to shift to family and, and just trying to make sure that you put a little bit in all those buckets every day. Um, so yeah, definitely time management. And then just making myself have more time again um, to write. Cause that's something that's like off, you know, in the future as a goal, but I'd love to be able to just, carve out some time to try and work on that and take a course here and there, whatever it might be to work on that today so that down the road, I'm able to do it. I gotcha. I gotcha. And when's the last time you wrote? I journal every morning. I don't know if that counts, but yeah, to actually write like fiction, it's been gosh. Yeah. Several years. Mm. I jot down my ideas, but that's about it. So I got you. I got you. What would it take to get a working document going and to just start writing? Yeah, maybe after this podcast, because I feel like, yeah, it really <laughs> just takes. It's funny because I in hearing myself answer you. I hear the opposite of what I tell my clients, because I'll tell them, like, just get it started, get it started tonight and work on it slowly, piece by piece. But it's easier said than done, I guess. And yes. I have to follow my own advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. Okay, well, you're going to send me the first 300 words of your book later tonight? Yes. Okay, perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks and for the motivation. <laughs> of course. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Um, So we got the travel specifically to Hawaii and write books. We know that you're going to start writing books tonight, but what does your life, what do your businesses need to look like to really make those dreams and goals happen? Is it an income goal? Is it a... Mm, kind of infrastructure on the business side goal? Like what are the practicals? Well, to be honest, I think with my franchise business, I'm getting ready to be in the place of selling that because that I've grown to where it's um, something that's of value. And then I can sell that and really use that money to focus on growing my coaching business. And I feel like that is something that I've been working on because once I get one of the businesses out of the way, I have more effort to truly grow the one sole business, get the money that I need to be able to, you know, make those next steps. Um, and, and yeah, I guess it is a little bit of a monetary thing too. If I'm able to grow it and then I'm able to have that flexibility, um, I don't think it's like a set number, but if it's something that equates to what can contribute to my family as I have been. Um, so yeah, it's just scaling that a little bit more, I think, and um, getting it to a place that is really, I'm, I'm putting all of my energy in and then it'll be ready to, to take with me on the road. <laughs> okay. Okay. So selling the franchise and reinvesting into the coaching business is really what exactly. it's like. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and I know it's not a set number, but is there an approximate monthly that the coaching business needs to be doing for you to be like, I'm good to go. We're going to Hawaii tomorrow. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, gosh, 
Yeah, I would say anything over like maybe over between eight and 10,000 would be great, ideally, right? To like work towards that um, would be enough to get me on the beach over there. Okay. Yeah, but something to think about really to put to put pen to paper with the financials. There we go. So selling the franchise and reinvesting in the coaching business to take it to 10K a month. Just solely on, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just solely with the coaching. Okay, and so with the, how many clients does that equate to per month? Are these recurring clients? Do you just help them switch careers in a month and then they move on? How does this work? No, I have recurring clients about like a six month block, if not longer. And then I also have a course that I run twice a year um, and I'm working on a membership as well for the fall. So so hopefully there'll be different um, streams of revenue that can come from that as well. So yeah, I'd have to think about exactly how many clients I would need per month to pull that in. But I can't, I don't know that number off the top of my head. I'd have to think. That's a good question. I gotcha. If you had to do the one product where it's like, you get a customer, there's kind of a six month relationship with them, how much money you get from that. Um, and you break it down to a monthly. Do you know that number? Mm, about six months. It's about 2100 is what I'm at right now that I work with someone for, for about six months. Season. Yeah. And that's just a couple sessions uh, a month. So was that like 350. Yeah. Or 400 a month, maybe um, for those two calls somewhere around there per client. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so then I guess if we do that math, then twenty five clients sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, but then yeah, but then mixed in with my with my course and my other things, I feel like it could be a little bit less. It could be a little bit less. It could be a little. Yeah, bit yeah. Less. There we go. There, I like it. <laughs> awesome. Uh. How do you get coaching clients right now? Is it uh, marketing? Is it organic? Is it referral? A lot of it is referrals, I have to say, which is surprising because I feel like I do my marketing. I'm on social, like all of those things. But it really, a lot of my clients have come from other clients or friends or, you know, podcast, you know, people have heard me on podcasts and referred. So yeah, I feel like that's been the way, which is, which is kind of nice. That's really epic. Cause I was I was about to ask you what your cost to acquire a customer is, but it sounds like it's non-existent. Yeah. Because I just launched the business about a year ago. So we're still fairly new, or I'm still fairly new with it. So really the past six months is where it's really been picking up. And it's it's interesting because I feel like I've been getting clients that are um, you know, doing the career transition, but I'm also getting clients that want just help in growing their small business. So that's like, even in my local area, people who know my franchise business, see how, you know, well it's doing. And then they're like, can you help me grow that business? So it's been nice to get, um, to kind of be able to work on people on a growing their business and then doing the coaching, kind of figuring out what your next step is. So it's been, it's been nice to kind of, change what I'm working on with different clients and then, you know, kind of getting those referrals from there and those two different um, avenues. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. It's interesting that, um, you know, you're help you advertising for career coaching and then small businesses come to you for help for growing. I know it's really kind of funny and I'm doing an event um, in a few weeks. that's just like a local kind of event. And I was making like a sign and I'm like, I think I should write small business coaching on there as well, because 
that seems to be what I would say probably 50% of my clients are at the moment. And, you know, and it's like, Hey, if I can speak to that and it is still transitioning. Um, I do have some clients that are working full time, have a, almost a side hustle, small business, and they want that to grow so that they can leave their full-time job. So yeah. it really is even in growing a business, it really is a lot of transition and figuring it out and the steps and, um, having that accountability partner to help you get there. And I think because I did everything alone uh, when I started out, I see truly the value of having someone to just bounce ideas off of. And, you know, I have a business coach myself that I just go to just to, you know, kind of ask ideas and I just see the value in that so much. So um, hopefully I can be sharing that value with my clients as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, are your clients are most of the small business clients kind of in the side hustle stage or are some of them like full blown CEOs of small businesses? Both actually. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I have some that this is their full time and they're working it and they just want to, they have bigger visions. Um, one of my clients wants to open a center and wants bigger things and she wants to make it more of a, um, like a resource for the community. Um, and then I have others that are, are, um, smaller. So yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of runs the gamut. I got you. Would you ever cons do small business consulting for equity? I feel like that could really solve a recurring client issue and take you to that eight to 10 K a lot faster. Ooh, I like that idea. I hadn't thought about it, to be honest. That's really interesting. Would you be open to it? I'd be totally open to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's something to look into for sure. Equity is just where it's at. <laughs> You're right. It is. It is. And um, yeah, that just reminds me of like Shark Tank and the way that they think, right? It's like, okay, well, I could do this, but let's talk equity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, if you could take, you know, if you could take a small business to a million to two million, like EBITDA, and like, you have five or 10 of them that you have equity in, it's like, you're, you're yeah. clearing more than that eight to 10K a month. Very easy. Very easily. With like and just an advisor role, you know, you can still be just the advisor type vibe. Yeah. And then you're really, you're even more invested. You're, you're, yes. you're so much more invested, you know, yeah. and, and they know that and you know that. And it's, um, yeah, very interesting. I like Plus it. Plus a fat check on exit. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I exactly. like where your head's at. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, cool. So just to recap, dreams and goals, check all the boxes, try all the things anywhere. We're selling the franchise, reinvesting in the coaching business, take it to 10K a month, which we got 20 to 25-ish clients per month, uh, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit less if it comes uh, in with course sales and recurring revenue from the community sales. Yeah. And then travel and writing books is the ultimate end goal, specifically young adult fiction, mystery thrillers. <laughs> yeah. And then making sure your kids have access and the mindset to go after their dreams and goals. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and the Got skills it. are time management and time blocking and then creating more time to write. Mm -hmm. All righty. Yeah. What are the highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals? I think it's those daily actions like that time blocking kind of, right? Like, okay, so if I want to sell the franchise, what am I going to work on today to do that? What are my top three things to work on that? And then if I'm going to try to get X number more clients a month, then what are my top three action items to work on that? So maybe really it's the 
figuring out the buckets of like selling the franchise, growing the business, writing a little bit more, you know, kind of, um, and I always like the idea of the top three. So if I can get these three, even smallest little things checked off of the list in that one day, you feel like you've accomplished something. And if you can just keep that momentum every day. Um, so that would be probably the most high impact because even if they're simple, you feel like you're getting so much more accomplished. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. And are those top three things fairly consistent things for you or do they switch from day to day? I think they would probably switch from day to day based on what, you know, a lot of times and even in um, right now, kind of looking into the sale of the franchise, it's like, you know, going back to the franchise or waiting for answers, getting those answers and then implementing it. So I think it would kind of differ each day. Um based on what you're waiting to hear back from other people. Same thing with clients, right? Like you have a conversation and then you wait and then things move on to the next step. So yeah, and I like the idea of it changing every day to, to focus on what you just feel more creative um, and what you feel like working on when you wake up too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, sounds good. And what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true? Mm -hmm. Character trait, I would say um, maybe being more aggressive at what I want, right? Like I can say it all day long. I can write it down with a smile, but like being more aggressive, like, okay, no, for real, what action steps can I take? And just being um, just more forthcoming of like saying it to the universe and really um, making my actions like choosing actions that are more strategic and aggressive, I guess, to get to my end goal. That makes sense. I gotcha. Makes, it makes plenty of sense. It actually makes so much sense to me. Like you don't even know how much <laughs> sense that makes to me. Okay, good. Because I've Green recently, brain. like I have been um, just analyzing my life, analyzing my actions. And I'm like, for the past year, for the past two years, I feel like I've really been doing stuff, but then I don't have results that I want. And so then I look at the actions I was actually doing and it's like, you ask very simple questions. How much did I spend in marketing? How many opportunities did I even give myself to have customers? And it's like, when you actually look at it, it's like, I wasn't giving myself that much opportunity. There was a very simple thing I could have done that I was just neglecting to do where it would have skyrocketed my opportunity and increased conversions. And um, I've just, that realization has been hitting me so hard recently. So I know exactly what you mean. But do you feel like it's because you're scared of what those successful results will be if you take that action? Like, do you ever think like, because I, I do that to myself too. It's like, well, why? You might like this book, not to go on a tangent, but Eat That Frog. Eat That Frog. I just, I was in a conference last week. I heard about it and I ordered it that night, got it the next day. And it's about doing that thing that you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I really want to do it. But it's the number one thing that'll move that needle. And so it's just like a cool thing. I actually wrote it on a post-it and put it up on my wall of like, yeah, there's always that one thing. Um, for me lately, it's, I know I need to revamp a couple of videos in my course and I'm like, oh, I got to go back and re-record. And it's that one thing, but once I get it out, I'll feel better about the course and then I'll want to market it and then I'll get more students. So it's kind of like, I just wonder if you're in that same mind frame that I put myself in sometimes of like, just do that hard action item and then you'll see the results. But instead we do all of these other things 
and we find ourselves going, well, that didn't move the needle so much. Kind of like what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, that that was, it literally happened to me today. I'm running a virtual summit to market an offering. And for the longest time, that action step was not putting myself in an optimal position to receive as much traffic as possible. So now this virtual summit is going to, I'm going to be driving traffic to it along with 20 other speakers who have a list or marketing dollars are going to be driving traffic to it. And so traffic will not be a problem. <laughs> this virtual summit as a video will be like, does the offer convert? Right. Right. But I have about five speakers confirmed and I have had many coaches that have come on my podcast. So I have their emails. I already have a prior relationship with them. I need to just collect their email addresses and ask them. And that was the, it's the one thing I need to do. Like this, the virtual summit could literally bring me multiple five figures, if not six figures, if it set sales correctly, how mm -hmm. I'm envisioning it. And I just didn't do it. I haven't done it yet today. And so I was like, before I go to sleep tonight, I will have that list and I will send that email. I don't care what happens yes. just because it's like, that's the one thing that needed to happen today. So. That's your frog. That is your frog that you have to eat. Yeah. And I've recorded three podcasts today, but I haven't gotten the, those emails. <laughs> so it's just, yeah. like, just go get the emails. It's not, it's so simple. Yeah. So simple. Yeah. But some days you're just like, okay, I just, it's in my head. My head is hurting. I'm going to watch some Netflix and go to sleep. And that's yeah. okay too sometimes. Yeah. It's definitely okay. It's definitely okay. It's always okay. Um, yeah. But it's like, as long as you're okay with not getting the results that day. Like, right. if you're okay with that, then go, go ahead and go yeah. watch some Netflix. But And don't be hard on yourself. Don't judge yourself because that's not going to help anything. And swear yeah. tomorrow and get after it. But, um, you know, it's just accepting the results of your actions and taking extreme ownership over them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And what you said earlier, you were like um, scared of the success. I feel like part of me is like scared of the success, the responsibility of the success or the opportunity to lose the success once you have gotten it. But then part of me is also scared of the failure aspect where it's like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get my 20 speakers from this these emails that I send out. But if I don't, I'm going to have to come up with another way to get these 20 speakers. And I'm kind of tapped out of ideas right now. And so part of me is like uh, afraid of the failure aspect of it to not the failure aspect of it, but the failure that leads to the no hope because I'm confused after that because then more work yeah and more figuring it out yes exactly the figuring yeah. it out I'm like and I don't know if I can figure it out again and then I'm like then this idea that I had won't work out and then blah 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 blah, and you go down the negative rabbit hole right yeah <laughs> it's that rabbit hole but but really then flip it and if you send that email tonight you go to sleep you have a great sleep you wake up tomorrow and you've got 20 30 people asking exactly. you that they want to be a part of it. And you're like, like it's all coming together. So epic. And then I just mm -hmm. go sell my offer and then I get 50 clients and then my whole life is changed. There you go. Yeah. I'm excited to hear about what it, um, what the virtual summit is and stuff. Yeah. Fingers yeah. across for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, awesome. So being more aggressive at what you want is the character trait. Yeah. If you were to start being more aggressive tomorrow, what would your day look like instead of what it was going to look like? Mm. Then, honestly, I feel like everything is coming back to selling this franchise and just mm. have opening up space to really create and dive in and build this other business and scale the other business to what I want it to be. So yeah, I think it would be being more aggressive and really, um, getting all of my documents, getting all my, you know, getting my, my paperwork trail, getting my pitches, all of that together to, um, 
really get that off of my plate and be able to focus um, on what I really want to grow. What is your timeline to sell the franchise right now? Honestly, I just was talking about this with my husband. It would be fall. So it is pretty aggressive there, but, um, but I, I'm also looking at it. Like if it doesn't happen, then it's not a big deal. Like I'm still, I still love it and I'm still making money from it, obviously. But every day that I'm still doing that, I feel like it's pushing me a little further away from being able to grow, you know, my more baby business that I really want to see it grow. Like I grew the franchise. So yeah. So yeah, fall. Who's your ideal buyer for the franchise? Another like parent that has kids and, you know, sees the value in it and wants to, you know, keep it alive and growing in the community. It's such a, um, it's a staple for a lot of families. It's, it's teaching kids. We do a lot with nonprofit. Um, and I really want to keep that going. So it would be another parent that, you know, sees the value and wants their kids to be able to come to classes and really wants to be a part of the community. I gotcha. I gotcha. Is there room to scale it outside of the local community or does it have to stay kind of where it's at? It has to stay in my territory. That's kind of how franchises work. And this is very on the ball like that. Yeah. But I have a very large territory. So um, there's definitely room to scale it a lot more. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It'd be hard to sell it if there wasn't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not the person who wants to do it right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, cool. If there were one or two people you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they help you? Mm. Do you know Marie Forleo? No, but this is the, that's like, she came up on the podcast. I, I know her now because she came up on the podcast last week, but I didn't know her before last week. Okay. I talk about her all the time. People are probably sick of me talking about her, but she is my everything. I was watching a virtual workshop or summit virtual something with her today. Um, She's amazing. And she is the, her podcast is the reason that I started my business. Like it was something that I listened to one day and it just gave me the idea to open a business. So for sure. And she has a saying um, that you will absolutely love to, that is everything is figure outable. And she wrote a book about it and it really. That's the book the person recommended when they came on the show. (laughs) Exactly. And it started off with just a phrase, like something her mother taught her when she was young. And it's just that thing that you just go, Oh my God, it's so simple, right? It's so simple. And yeah, so she'd be someone that I cannot wait. I I'm, I just know I'm going to meet her one day and I can't wait to meet her. Um, but I feel like she's somebody who can just, all right, this is what you need to do. This is who you need to talk to and let's get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have to say like the person, every single person has probably answered is Oprah, obviously. <laughs> um, I mean, she can do no wrong and she is my everything. So to talk to her and even have her tell me, how to boil water would be amazing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. It's funny, I actually had a person on the podcast who has an aunt that talks to Oprah every Thursday. <laughs> and this, this, she came on my podcast and she was like, yeah, I really want to meet Oprah. And I was like, oh, well, then I asked her later, what's one way you, what's one thing you could do to meet Oprah? She's like, I actually, my aunt talks to Oprah every Thursday. And I was like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? She's like, yeah, it was my aunt, Oprah and uh, Maya Angelou. They all grew up together. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wow. (laughs) So crazy. 
Um, That's a connection. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you never know how close you are, right? I once, um, I interviewed several times to work for OWN, and that was my closest. And I didn't mm -hmm. interview with Oprah, but I was like so close, so close. And then that was one of the jobs that slipped away from me back yeah. in my TV days. But I got you. Fingers crossed. I always say that if I could get a job working with her, I would go back in TV in a second. Oh, for real? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Well, now we're gonna jump into our thriving three. And the first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one of those three. Mm -mm. Book, movie, or podcast. Um, I love Home Alone. I know it's silly and has nothing to do with <laughs> business, but um, that's just like a family movie that I love growing up and my boys are obsessed with it. We just built the Home Alone Lego set. So yeah. There we go. A lot of, and I love Christmas. So there you go. Christmas, Home Alone. Home Alone, Christmas, Lego set with the boys. Yep. And we have a Home Alone book. So there you go. Mm. Y'all are just a Home Alone family. <laughs> we really are, yeah. <laughs> How long did it take to build the Lego set? Oh, my son got it for his birthday in March and this was, and he finished it last summer. So actually probably like four or five months, but he's, he was seven and built it. And I just helped him with the, find the pieces. So it was like a fun project. Yeah. Yeah. That's epic. <laughs> what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, I love just walking with my dog my chow chow dog yeah we just walk and then I put in my my love podcast so I just put in my podcast my earbuds and just walk with him and that's just at least like my moment alone away from everything else so yeah. something simple but I love it yeah I gotcha and what's one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it too? meet either Marie or Oprah mm, you know what I feel like having a podcast and having guests on it and meeting people and connecting, like it's just a way to get you there. So really, um, you know, I've, I've written like pitches to several big people to be on my podcast and I have not sent one to her. So I think I would send one to Marie because she's probably more apt to come on than Oprah. So I would <laughs> take my, I would try, probably just try to write her about my podcast. Um, you know, really, I talk about it all the time, but send her some kind of message, tell her how she changed my life. And, you know, I feel like it'll happen one of these days. I'm just manifesting it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Have you read Giftology? No. Mm, really good book. Okay. And I think if you really want to meet Marie uh, and you're thinking about writing her a pitch, write her a pitch and throw a giftology spin on it. And I think you'll do well. Okay. It's basically, it's basically marketing, but it's based on gift giving and it has like its roots in our, the dude's a Christian and has some like scriptural basis for it. But he talks about how when Kings wanted to make peace with Kings back in the old Testament, they would send very extravagant gifts and he's like, the more you personalize a gift to somebody, you're adding value to their life in a way that not many people can. So like Marie probably isn't hurting for money, probably isn't hurting for network. And so those are the first typical value ads. Like you think business, money, networking. But if they got it covered on those three because they're a boss and you send them a gift that makes their kids light up or something, um, that touched their heart in a way that not many things do. So 
That is excellent advice. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, the ideas are going through my head right now. Yeah, there's actually this dude came on my podcast. So Giftology was written by John Rulin and uh, a dude named Steve Bazogany came on my podcast and he started a gifting company because he read Giftology. So now he helps people do gifting and he actually has this program. You can talk to him about it. Um, I don't get any affiliate stuff for this. (laughs) I purely thought he was a cool dude. Um, he claims that he can help you meet anybody with like this six month gifting protocol. So how cool is that? Maybe, maybe listen to that show and then contact him or just contact him and give him a ring. I will. Yeah. I'm definitely going to listen to that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Cool. Well, now we got our final section of the podcast and it can get a little personal here. So if you don't want to answer any of these questions, just be like, I pass and I'll be like, okay, cool. And we'll move on. Sure. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? Mm, probably money mindset type of things of just, um, oh, I can't, you know, I, oh, I just, you know, that having that kind of level of security when it comes to money and what um, amount we can make is just not something that, you know, my family gets kind of a thing, you know, just limiting money mindset issues probably where do you think the the limit is for you on your income cap like in your head it's like i could never imagine myself making above Mm. probably above 800 thousand a year i got you yeah like really i think yeah even five hundred thousand, probably like it's just yeah it just yeah i gotcha no makes sense that's 500 still a lot of money like you'll be living a good life <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but, but yeah. it's also like i you can make five million a year you know <laughs> you definitely could <laughs> so just curious where does the 500k year limit come from where does the money mindset like i can't go above this come from I think it probably just comes from childhood and I've had the best childhood. Uh, My family is amazing, but I was the first to go to college. So it was just everybody in my family were very blue collar and, you know, didn't go to college, worked right from high school. So me being really outside of the box and I'm going to college and I'm going far away and then I'm going to move to California and just all these crazy aspirations. Um, I feel like almost like I was able to achieve a lot of things that other people in my family couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that wasn't that almost, you know, I feel like that's enough. Right. And that, you know, I've, you know, found a level of success that other people weren't able to, and that I should be happy with that. So therefore, you know, making a million dollars a year is just not something that could happen. So I think it just comes from, I guess, my family, you know, no, you. no fault of theirs, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's just uh, the environment you grew up in. It's probably the environment they grew up in. So it's it's hard to break out of those cycles, for sure. Yeah. Um, Curious. So is your target income kind of 500 a year? Like, that's where you're like, I'll be living it up? Or is it less than that in your head when you work every day? Mm. I feel like if I could bring in that every year, that I'd be in a set spot. 
Um, but obviously I'd be happy to make more as well. But yeah, I think that would be a good spot. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, do you have any limiting actions that reinforce this limiting belief? I would say that's a good question. I think um, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably underpricing. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that is something that I'm like, oh, I'm still new and I'm, I've got another business so I can charge less. So I think that's probably an action step for sure. That's just, you know, oh, I'm going to start out just doing this and, you know, it goes back to being more aggressive. Like we talked about earlier, like if I was more aggressive and truly knew my value and I'd be charging more. Yeah. So that's probably goes back to money mindset issues. How much more would you be charging? Um, I'd be probably charging double what I'm charging now, to be honest, at the very least. Um, yes. and I plan to, you know, eventually, but it's, it's still that hesitation of being like, oh, it's only been a year and this, you know, you want to like prove yourself before you can. Um, I mean, yeah. you have clients, have you helped them? <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I have students. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what are you waiting for? Right. Yeah. <laughs> So are you going to double them tomorrow or? I'm going to double. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my plan. That'll be my plan for like, you know, okay, six months from now, watch out. Prices are going to skyrocket. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Are, are you serious about that? Six months, three months? No, but I'm like, okay, six months, like, I've done a lot with my business in one year. So I'm like, I know things are scaling and I know things are growing. So yeah, six months, I'm going to be in a different spot. So let's chat in six months and I'll let you know what my prices are then. But yeah, definitely an increase. I got um, you. And that's got, and that'll help the issue that I was telling, you know, that'll just help uh, be more aggressive, scale more and debunk some of those money mindset issues. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I'm just curious. Like, I, I'm I'm like genuinely curious. This isn't me trying to like push you towards upping your prices or anything. Is there like a actual logical reason to not double them tomorrow? Like, because I think about even pricing my own stuff, and I was like, I'm I'm about to charge one thousand nine hundred ninety seven for this like ten week program. I'm like. I could easily make it 2,997 and it would still be like, I'm providing so much more value than like, they're getting much more than 10, 20 K dollars, 20 K worth of value. So I'm like, yeah. I can make it, I can make it $5,000. Like there's like nothing stopping me from increasing the price. So I'm like, is there ever, is there a logical reason to like, not just tick it up? There's not because you're right. And it's all about, you know, pricing for the clients that you want as well. So mm -hmm. I feel that is very, very true. And I think for me, it's like, okay, well, let me go through, like I went through my first course with the price that it was. And then, you know, okay, like in the fall, when my course opens up again, I'm definitely increasing the price. But I think it's like, let me go through, let me be confident with the product at this price. And then once you're confident, it's almost like a, at least for me that I'm learning as I'm going. I don't know if you feel like that, like you're, because you know you can charge more, but are you like, oh, but let me keep it lower so that maybe I'll have a better chance of getting students or clients to jump on 
And maybe if I double it, I'm going to be excluding these people and they won't even have a chance. So it's. No, I literally do that. Like a year ago, I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I thought I was taking action, but I really wasn't. My offer was a free monthly mastermind where it was like a weekly call and I would hold you accountable to your dreams and goals. Like I would coach you and everything. And it was just completely free. And I was like, I literally will change your life just because I wasn't confident enough in my ability to coach people that it would like, that it was worth 50 a month, worth a hundred a month. Like I wouldn't charge anything because I wanted to like prove myself, even though I had like helped people on the podcast live. Yeah. You know, yes, exactly. And so I, I've literally been through that. And I'm just like, you know, I feel like if Grant Cardone came into my business right now, he'd be like, you're about to put out this offer for 1997. Dude, 10x, just charge 10,997. Like, literally, you have no reason not to. And you could you may you may exclude eight customers, but your prices are 10x. <laughs> so when you get two yeah. customers, you'll make that much more money. <laughs> and so it was just, um, it just blows my mind. Like when I think about how those mega entrepreneurs would come into my life, what they would do, I'm like, I don't think Grant would charge 1997 for this service I'm about to be giving people. I just don't think he would. <laughs> well, how did you feel about yourself when you, did you end up doing it for free, the mastermind? Like, did you have those clients every month? Like, how did you feel when you were doing it for free? I did it for free and I learned a very valuable lesson, which is why I'm now, I've priced it at 1997 because I was reading Russell Brunson's books and he was like, anything from a hundred to $2,000, you can sell kind of without getting on the phone. And I didn't want to go into uh, phone sales yet. So I just priced it right at the tippy top of that. I'm just going to do it webinar style and virtual summit style. Um, of course, the second tier of the value ladder is like 5,000 a person after that. But the free stuff, people came on and they didn't come consistently and they weren't invested in their change. And so since then, I kind of took this thing of like, people told me to price it well to like, make sure people value it. I didn't believe them. I learned it there. And then all of this information started coming to me of like Russell Brunson and Alex Hormozzi talking about the importance of top tier pricing. Because when you price it, like, it's so funny because you're like, um, you just said, and every entrepreneur thinks, <clears throat> let me like prove that it's worth this and then I'll price it higher. But in the consumer's head, they're like, price it higher and then I think it's worth more like that's literally how the consumer's head works yes <laughs> and then they You're... treat it like it's worth more and they're more likely to get results it's just so like yes. um what's the word and then they counter yeah yes yes exactly and the same thing happened I decided to run like almost a um like pre-version of my course and I just did it to three like friends friends of friends so it was really small and I would show up and like, they wouldn't be there. And my business coach said to me, it's because you're doing it for free for them. <laughs> they are not invested. And I'm like, I would never not show up for a call with my coach because I'm paying for it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and it was, I was like, yep, never again will I do that because I, it just wasn't worth my time as I'm yep. sure you, you might've had a little I, bit. Of it, it made me feel so crappy. I felt so disrespected. And then I like hated the process of it. Nobody yeah. was getting results. It was just so bad. It was so yeah. bad. Lesson learned though. And now I think you're right to price it at where you are. Even if you do that for the first run and then mm -hmm. you jack it up after that, because 
or you just go all in and you you yeah. double it right now you know just double it right now for sure i mean and if it doesn't go then you run it again in a couple of months and you you know you finagle it but uh -huh. um you don't know until you put it out there i guess exactly exactly and put it out there with like enough traffic to get feedback like you can't just get your 50 impressions on a reel and be like oh my offer didn't sell yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which uh, is what we think sometimes. Like, it's what know. I've been thinking for the past my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, oh, man, yeah. I just wish I could take like 18 year old me and just <laughs> ring him upside the head. Yes. But, um, oh, my God, I know. OK, so actions that reinforce limiting beliefs underpricing for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And now you're thinking about increasing pricing within the next six months after you run it and kind of uh get more clients and stuff correct i gotcha i gotcha um oh what was i gonna say oh dang it oh well maybe it'll come back to me <laughs> if you were to change that limiting belief of the money mindset can't go above 500k a year i know what i was gonna say now and i'm gonna say yeah. it before i forget about it um a limiting belief i had around money this was wild to me this was wild to me when I figured it out. It's why I was charging stuff for free. My whole life, my parents, like it hurt them to spend money because we had six kids in the house and they were on like barely a middle-class income and, you know, bills were just stressful for them. And so every time I saw them spend money or every time I asked for something, they'd be like, I'd ask for a Hershey's bar. Do you have Hershey's bar money? Like that type of stuff. It'd be really painful for them to spend money, right? So then I just internalized pain around spending money. And even now I'm trying to save money, right? In various things, which is why I wasn't doing like paid marketing because I was like, no, I want to save money. I'll go the organic route, even though I'm just spending my time instead of spending my money. Um, and so all these ways I was trying to save money because it was painful for me to spend money. But what I realized was I was projecting this belief onto other people and I was like, because it's painful for me to spend money, it must be painful for other people to spend money, which then means it's hard for me to charge them money because if it's painful for them to spend money and I'm a good person, so I don't cause people pain to cause them like to ask money for them would make me a bad person. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. We're like the same person. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think the same way. Yeah. And so I had to so mess up. <laughs> Literally, like within the past month and a half, I, I finally figured out that that was the crux of it. I was like, because it hurts me to spend money and I'm projecting that belief onto people, I'm not charging them and I feel bad charging them, which is why I can't sell anything. Then I was like, okay, I'm charging $1,997 for my program. Yeah, exactly. Do yeah. it, do it, do it and fill it with the value that you have and they're going to, yeah. yeah. And then you'll know to charge more the next time. I think for sure. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, that, I just wanted to bring that up because that limiting, it blew my mind when I put those pieces together. I was like, oh my gosh. But. Yeah. A lot of times with my other business too, it would be, you know, and it's just like kids classes, like come build with Legos, come learn how to build a robot, whatever. And it would be like friends of mine or, you know, people in the community that I, could, that I just knew didn't have a lot of money to spend on it. And I started just saying, oh, we'll just come, just mm -hmm. come, just come. And I realized like, this is a business. You can only do that so much and then yep. people take advantage. And then you're just like telling everyone, you know, I'm friends with everyone. So now everyone's coming. And I had to shift that too of like, okay, 
it is worth something and you know someone doesn't have to come all the time if they can't afford it but if you know it's just yep just shifting that you're like oh i'm a good person so i should give it to them for free or for nothing but uh, you yeah know, it's it's a hard dynamic it's a it hard is, dynamic. it is because it is. Oh. <laughs> i'm not the only one i'm glad we both think alike <laughs> <laughs> but it's like there are legitimately the people who need the service and just can't afford it they just can't right. and but they need it right now but it's also like and this is the hard thing this was the hard pill for me to swallow you got to give people room to take extreme ownership over their life and like like they have to get that aggression in their own life and go after it because it's not that the opportunity isn't out there and I can encourage you to do it. But if I hold your hand by giving you free stuff while you do it, you'll never grow into the person you need to become. And that's the hardest pill for me to swallow. Honestly, I haven't fully swallowed it, but it's just like, it's just difficult for me to reconcile those two things. But I kind of like with the free mastermind, I learned that I was like, you guys are just, you're going to say who you are and you're not going to change because I'm trying yeah. to hold your hand. So yeah. rough stuff, rough stuff. Okay. We got a couple more questions for you. If you were to change your limiting belief into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart in the way that you needed to hear it, what would that phrase be? You deserve all of the money that your family deserves, that your parents deserve, that your grandparents deserved and didn't get. So go out and get it for them. Mm. Love it. Love it. And when the limiting beliefs start to take over, what thoughts or actions do you resort to in order to take back control? I guess that things will stay the same if you don't make action, if you don't take steps towards it. So I can keep thinking this way or I can actually make some steps to change things around. Yeah. Increase prices, go scale, you know, just um, take those actions towards what you want, because you're like you said, like you'll stay in the same place and no one can help you if you don't switch the way you're thinking and take those steps in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got one last question for you. What is your favorite belief about yourself? Mm, that I'm endlessly optimistic. Mm, love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Shannon, that's all we got for you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Of course. Yeah, it was great to have you. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, this is great. I'm excited for us both to touch base about how we're doing with our money issues and our programs. There we go. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Well, Shannon, thanks for coming on the show. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Shannon had to say, make sure to check her out. Check out her podcast, Second Act Success. And yeah, all the links to do that will be down in the show notes. If you need career help or you know somebody that needs career help, hit Shannon up or send them Shannon's way. Guys, thanks for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Hey there, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.